The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. During this Advent season, we are learning how to sing again. And we're doing this under the title, The Songs of the Season. And last week we saw that ancient apocalyptic song, Vaini, Vaini, come, come, Lord Jesus. And, and I got to tell you this, next to Jose Feliciano's Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad just sounds kind of trite, doesn't it? Today, we're going to start into what we might call the book of songs for Christmas in Luke chapters 1 and 2. And, and what we're going to see is a whole bunch of people singing at Christmas time. We're going to see the song of Mary. We're going to listen to the song of Zechariah. We're going to listen to the song of the angels. We're going to listen to the song of the shepherds and the song of Simeon. I mean, a lot of people at Christmas time are singing, but not this morning. Nobody's singing this morning. What happens this morning is Zechariah gets quiet. Oh, he gets very quiet. He will sing, but not yet, because his faith has not risen up yet in order to be able to sing. First, he has to get quiet. He has to get Really, really quiet. In fact, God's going to make him get quiet. And he's going to renew his hope. Listen to this story from Luke chapter 1. I'm going to back up and read beginning at verse 5. And then you can see in your bulletins it picks up at verse 8. As God renews this man so that he can sing. In the time of... Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah. I'm going to ask you to please stand. This is a gospel lesson. Please stand. Zechariah, who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah, his wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly, but they were childless. Because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty, and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by Lot. According to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. There was an angel of the Lord, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. 
He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord your, their God. And he will be, go before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown me his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. My mom would not have been proud of me earlier this week. Because I laughed at Zechariah in privacy. I, I really did. I, I imagined him coming out of the presence of God. And I thought, he has got to be the worst charades player that I have ever seen. Because here's this guy, and, and now he can no longer speak. And somehow, he's got to figure out how to communicate this amazing thing that had just happened to him. So, so, so there I am, I'm sitting there thinking, now, now how did he try to communicate to the people this vision that he had seen? And I thought about this. I thought about maybe he got on the ground and he started making a snow angel, something like this. And then, he says to the people, not says to the people, but he changes his face and he's like, And then, after making the snow angel and, and making this, this scared face, he starts like making this motion of this pregnant woman going like this, you know. Are you understanding? And, and here's the funniest part. I'm sitting there laughing at Zechariah, playing this gay, game of charades, and he's awful at it. Like, nobody's getting it. The only thing that people can understand is this. He must have seen a vision. I mean, that's all that they could figure out. And I'm, I'm sitting there thinking like, wow, he's an awful charades player. He's worse than I am, right? But then I thought about it more and I thought, you know what? It, it, it's totally inappropriate to laugh at this poor man. Because this is a guy who, who God took his tongue and tied it in a knot so that he could no longer speak. 
I read about how difficult that disability is. Another guy, he, he wrote in a blog about what it means to be mute, and he told a story about how once he went to a car wash, and they gave him the premium car wash, you know, the really expensive one. And then he goes to the cashier, and he's trying to explain to the cashier without words, like, no, I did not ask for the premium wash. I only wanted the basic one, the $8 one. And the line of people just piling up behind him, he's embarrassed. And then so finally he just, he just gives up. I mean, going mute in an age where there is no technology, where you can't text someone what you want to say, that's a tremendous hardship. But it wasn't just that. Do you realize that Zechariah not only could not talk, that his tongue was dead, but his ears were dead. I came to that realization, if you keep reading in, in the Gospel of Luke, in Luke chapter 1, that he could not hear. Because what happens when it comes time to name his sons? What do the people have to do? They're like doing this ancient sign language, asking him, they're signing to him, what is his name? Because he could not only not talk, he could not hear. It's almost like God had slapped over his ears tremendously effective noise-canceling Bose headphones. And he had all of a sudden been cut off in marvelous, miraculous ways from the world for more than nine months. And that's nothing to laugh about. It's a hardship. I can't even imagine what it's like not only not only be able to talk, but not being able to hear. He could not even hear the born-in cry of his own son. And he was born. His ears were dead. His tongue was dead. And so was a little piece of his heart. You realize that, right? These were two people... Zechariah and Elizabeth, who had went through a monthly cycle. And I know what this is like. I know what infertility is like. They went through a monthly cycle. And the cycle went something like this. They would get down on their knees and they would begin to pray, Dear Lord, will you please remove our disgrace? Will you please Give us the son that we have always dreamed of. And then they would go get to the end of the month and the tears would fall and the prayers would go answer, unanswered. God, it seemed, remained completely silent. And this went on. I mean, it went on for month after month, year after year, decade after decade, until Elizabeth's womb and Zechariah's heart were equally barren. And they took that prayer that they had been praying for so long and they just shelved it. They were done praying it. They thought, we're now too old. And God has decided to go silent and not answer this desperate plea from our hearts. It's a lot of deadness going on. Dead ears, dead mouth, Dead hearts. 
So when the angel appears, and the angel says, Zechariah, you will have the son. And God has heard your prayer. He's not ready to sing yet. Not by a long shot. Instead of singing, you know what he does? He questions. So this is what he says. He says, how can I be sure of this? Now, this is Zechariah's first response to the gospel of Christmas. I want you to realize this. This is, this is Zechariah's first response to the Christmas gospel. Are you really telling me the truth and can you prove it? Think of this. I mean, God has just broken his silence that had lasted for 400 long years. The last time that God had spoken to his people was in Malachi. And the last time that God has sent his angel Gabriel was when? Do you remember? Daniel. I mean, it had been a really long time. All of a sudden, Gabriel shows up again. And God breaks his silence and he says something amazing. Not only are you going to have a son... But the Savior, the Messiah, the Christ is coming soon. And and, and so not only will your disgrace be removed, but the disgrace of Israel will be removed. And Zechariah's response to it all is not praise be to the Lord God of Israel who has answered my prayer. I knew that he always would. It is this. It's almost like these, these are the Grinch at Christmas. How can I be sure of this? How can I be sure that what you say is true? I want to believe that God answers prayer. I want to believe that God has not gone silent on me. I want to believe that God remembers me when I come to Him. But help me believe. You know what we're really talking about today? We're talking about how to sing at Christmas. Because isn't Christmas in some ways like the hardest time of the year to sing? I don't know what it is. Maybe, maybe it's like this, this obvious gap between like what those Christmas songs on the radio say that Christmas is supposed to be like and what Christmas is actually like, right? Chestnuts roasting over fireplaces. Like, where's that in my life? Christmas isn't like that for me. Maybe, maybe it's the obvious gap that makes us, you know, so low at Christmas time. Or maybe it's something in the water like just recently, recently, tremendous pain in, in our group of believers, isn't it? Isn't that true? Like text after text, pastor. My mom died. Pastor. Can we talk? I, I need you to encourage me. I, 
I don't know if I can move, go on anymore. Pastor, this is what happened in my family. It's, it's a tragedy. A couple weeks ago, I was working on this sermon already, and, and I'm walking down the street, and the police have Roosevelt blocked off. You already know what I'm talking about, don't you? Blood splattered all over the sidewalk. Just right over there. Somebody had gone into Dwayne Reed. So much brokenness. In our marriages, in our communities, in our families. And we've been praying about it, haven't we? We've been praying for a really long time, like, like God, God, help me with this. God, there's somebody that I love, and I want them to believe. Will you send your Holy Spirit? We know exactly what Zechariah is talking about, don't we? And when he says, I'd like to believe God, but can you prove it to me? Can you show to me that you truly do love me, that you remember me? And you know what I think Zechariah really wants deep down? I really think Zechariah wants a sign from God. Like, the angel standing in front of him wasn't enough. That, 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 that was a sign in and of itself, but it wasn't enough. Like, Zechariah wanted a sign like, like Gideon. Like, remember Gideon in the Bible? Gideon asked for a sign. He said, God, give me a sign that you truly are with me. Make all of the grass wet and this, this piece of wool dry. And God did it. And Gideon said, it's not enough. Give me another sign. And he said, make this piece of wool sopping wet and make all of the grass dry as, as a desert. And God did that too. I think Zechariah wanted a sign like that. And the angel's answer is this. You know what, Zechariah? I'll give you a sign. <laughs> you want a sign? I'll give you a sign. You will not be able to speak. Now what is that? Certainly it's a discipline. Because Gabriel had come and he said, God has promised that you will have a son and Zechariah wasn't ready to believe. His, his faith had not risen up to the challenge. Not yet. And so God disciplined him. But it's so much more than that. This muting is a gift. Think about this. What was the last thing that Zechariah heard? The last syllable. The last sentence that he heard before everything went dark. It's a promise. It was the promise that said, Zechariah, you will have a son at the appointed time. And then everything went dark. And, and, and see, you know what those words did? They bounced around the echo chamber of that barren heart for nine long months. And Zechariah sat there and he watched. He literally watched as the belly of his wife 
grew and grew, and new life came into the world. And so when that son was finally born, the people signed to him, what is his name? And he said this, his name is John. The Lord has been gracious to me. And then, and only then, could he sing. I don't know what's making it hard for you to sing at Christmas time. That's the hard work that each one of you has to do. I don't know what prayer it is that you long ago shelved. I don't know what pain there is in your family or in your heart. I don't know what it is that you're praying about. But I do know this. I do know what it takes to begin to sing in the middle of it. And it's really very simple. That you would get very, very quiet with the promises of God. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. And this too is for my glory and for your ultimate good. You believe that? And when you are there in that quietness, I want you to do this. I want you to sit with a woman who had been barren for her whole life and watch God make her belly grow. I want you to watch as the Virgin Mary, God makes the impossible happen. And for His only Son to swell in her virgin womb. And to watch it grow. And I want you to watch as that son is born and he comes and he puts his hand on things and he makes everything that he touches, everything that he touches, he makes it new again. And then I want you to watch as he goes to the cross for you and his blood is splashed on the ground for the sins of the world. And then watch him come back to life again. I want to be your angel this morning. I want to be your Gabriel that appears in the middle of your life and says, don't give up hope. Not now. You cannot give up hope. Not now. And take all of those prayers that you have shelved and I want you to start praying them again because God has not forgotten you. God has not abandoned you. He is with you to the very end of the age. That is His promise. And when you get quiet long enough, and it might take a while, you'll learn to sing again, and the game of charades will be over. Amen.